We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, use the HomeAdvisor app day or night and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the Home Advisor app today to get started. Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. You are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fritz. As well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin Great. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coda Jacobs, the crusader and visionary behind a brighter future in wrestling. If you're an honorable and noble public servant like myself, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Limitless. 
champ I see Rhetorical question, but they all know the answer Keith Lee, Keith Lee. Yeah, and I ain't playing around Think you can stand up to me But it's best you stay on the ground Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen We are in the era of limitless opportunities Welcome to this episode of the Game Changer Podcast I am your fellow broski, woo 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 You bro it Nate the F and Great P, and joined here by everybody's favorite friendly neighborhood Canadian, the one and only Mr. Fretz. Now let's see if I can do this without spilling a drop this week. Drum roll. Hey! Hey! There it is. Too sweet, baby. So we went an entire episode without spilling anything, but that doesn't mean that probably my phone's going to fall over, because almost like two or three times my phone has kind of fallen over, because I'm basically recording in a different area. I figured, what the heck? It's a nice stormy night out. Might as well try to do it. <laughs> Some of that bleeding rain, dude. It rained here for like 15 seconds, and then, you know, living on a beach, just, it's getting dry, dry AF. It's getting drier than, uh, insert comment yourself. <laughs> it's getting drier than most of the commie bits that you would see on the Kings of the Rings podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Those guys are oh, awesome. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Love you guys at the Kings of the Rings. You are amazing. Kate Murphy, Will Tearshaw, you guys are awesome. What about King Ricky? Keep forgetting the current huh? the current double champion, King Ricky. Oh, wait. That's right. Keith Lee's the double champion. <laughs> I'm kidding. King Ricky is also great. Um... I definitely, I definitely do want to say, say this, that he and uh, another fellow member of our Patreon are neck and neck in the competition to find out who is going to be the first person on the Wrestle Attic Radio Game Show, which we are still working on a title, but hopefully by July 15th, so probably next week, we should have a title set up and we'll probably have the first contender ready to go. So if you guys want to be a part of that, go to Patreon right now. It's only going to cost you one, two, three, four... Five whole dollars, and that whole thing just falls over again. And that already picked up on the microphone, but whatever. We're lost. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, honestly, guys, before we even get into like the meat, nitty gritty stuff that we normally talk about, we actually have quite the eventful week to kind of cover for a bit. So, in all honesty, let's just dive right into it. First of all, I want to say a giant F you to Robert Stone for denying me the privilege of being a part of the Robert Stone brand, you <laughs> jerk. He doesn't see the greatness in front of him. He, he, dude, you can go to the top without that guy. I told you that. You know what, that's that's fair. And besides, he's probably going to get his arm torn off by Rhea Ripley in like the distant future, if not by somebody else. Who knows? So, Robert Stone, I wish you the best of luck in your future killing because we, we know that you're just going to get destroyed. Let's face it. It's, it's just a lot, a lot of stuff there. I will also say that uh, uh, Lance Archer replied to me this past week when I was t- t- doing uh, Fighter Fest where I basically just said I loved seeing him evolve and basically I said I think he munches on jobbers for, for, for like breakfast or something like that and then he just is like the classic Italian you know Mwah! gif out of that so it's like Damn it all! That's gonna just—I—I I feel like now that's real. He's gonna be like the next. Uh, oh gosh, what is it? He's gonna be like the next person on like The Walking Dead. That's gonna be an actual really big time name star. 
Oh wait, no, Walking, Walking Dead's can... probably done. Done. No, Walking Dead's done. So, the Rise of Walking Dead. What, whatever they decide to reboot it with, who knows at this point? They're rebooting everything. Ugh. No. no. <laughs> just, 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 just the no. That's that's more than enough said. Um, but yeah, uh, Fretz and I also wanted to give a bit of a. A small memorial to one of our good friends, Mr. Anthony DeStefano, who made a very public announcement this past week. Mr. Fretz, why don't you give us all the details? Well, this week, uh, Ant, you know, uh, for, uh, you know him from uh, Rant with Ant, and I, I believe there is, uh, I can't think of the thing that Rant with Ant came from. Uh, but you know, he had uh, he had that, and of course, after he left. Uh, Russell Attic Radio. He had, you know, the rant and the five second rule, the the whiz wit, and well, Ant decided, well, because uh, his co host, uh, Shiny Head Kyle, and friend of the show, Brad, or whichever, <laughs> I forget which way around they are, uh, life is taking them in different directions, and they're like, yeah, they have to end the five second rule, unfortunately. And Ant th- said, well, I'm just going to retire from podcasting. So, yeah, I, uh, Ant uh, is a guy that uh, you and I have both have been listening to, I think. Well, I've been listening to him since he came on to Kings of the Rings at WrestleMania 34. And after that, I'm like, hey, if, if King Ricky's putting this guy over, I'm, I'm going to go check him out. And I was, I was hooked. Uh, Ant's the kind of guy, he's a very down-to-earth wrestling fan. He's not your typical Twitter fan. I, you, you know the kind of fans you see on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that. And he helped me see wrestling in a different light. I mean, he helped me become a Roman Reigns fan, for Frank's sakes. <laughs> if you listen to me on Kings of the Rings, I'm quite negative about Roman Reigns. <laughs> uh, and uh, he helped me he helped me see, see wrestling that whole through something different. Keep wrestling real. I mean, that's one hell of a soundbite but it's also one hell of a mission statement uh you know and he he got our foot in the door into wrestleotic radio on his way out and you know i'm forever grateful for him for that because guys like him and the kings of the rings well they're very instrumental in wanting me to do this so to ant a toast to you good brother uh this isn't goodbye this is hey we're gonna stay in touch and I got something off my podcasting bucket list, and that was when we did a, a part of the show with him. So that was very awesome, very down to earth guy, great father, great great friend. And hey, I look forward to just shooting the shit with him in chats and social media about everything else. You cheers know, to you, brother. It's really crazy because I definitely, you know, cheers go out to. And and you know to to Brad, to Brad and Kyle, they definitely brought on a crazy uh, bit of entertainment that honestly will never be replicated. Whether it was the rant or the five second rule, so definitely shout out to those guys. Um, we of course can always talk positively about Ant because, as Fred said, he definitely was a big influence as far as what it was for us for wrestling to keep it real, to keep it positive but also the fact that he kind of introduced us into this wrestling community where it's not all bad. It really isn't. It's one of those things where there are a lot of really great people there. And getting the chance to 
meet him and talk to him, you know, in person when we when I went, went over to uh, to WrestleMania 35 was just absolutely amazing. I mean, the pictures that you see of just you know people people just you know having fun, having big smiles. They're like those are legit smiles. They aren't just kind of one of those things where they're just like, oh, we'll just take this picture, make it look like we're having fun. No, Ant was one of those guys want to make sure that everybody was included, and that's one of the things that I always admire, especially when he you know left from wrestling and wanted to talk about. Some other things, whether it was you know every, Florida versus everyone, or whether it was talking about John Stamos or bringing out the Creed songs with arms wide open. <laughs> it's just really cra- crazy how he could just be so versatile and just absolutely amazing at podcasting and just being a fl- an entertainer. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me when he was doing his kind of, I guess you could say, farewell speech was the fact that he mentioned uh, doing it for about five years. And it's crazy because then, you know, I've been talking all throughout this year. I'm celebrating five years of podcasting as well. And it is one of those things where you definitely listen to his words about, you know, trying to find that passion, trying to find that thing that keeps you going. It's not always that easy. I mean, there are still sometimes you know, in nowadays where I think to myself, is it worth just continuing podcasting? But that always changes. Every single time, you know, Fretz and I, we go on the Skype call, it's like, it's worth it because we get to have fun. We get to talk about wrestling. We get to talk about even anything that we really want. In all honesty, there's probably going to be so many like rants and Ruthless Aggression pod and maybe even like those wrestling girls, even like just so many references from so many different shows that we just love to have fun and just shoot the breeze and that's one of the things that I think Anthony definitely wants from everybody is to enjoy life to be positive in life not to look on all the negatives and just let them accumulate he wants us to look at the fact that you know there's a negative every now and then but there are more positives in life than anything to enjoy life to just be able to go out and be able to say hey I lived and that is something that I truly believe Anthony Stefano was so Anthony Major props to you for taking this giant leap. Looking forward to seeing what the next chapter in your life is going to be. I know that it's going to be crazy busy. I mean, he's running. He's doing two jobs. He's got two kids. He's got a wife. He's just, he is the working man to a T. And all honesty, just looking forward to seeing, you know, more success coming to him, to his family, and just more positive things in his life. And like you said, it's not a, you know, goodbye. It's more of a ta-ta for now. And, well, I mean, honestly, this is the guy who literally has not only said that he believed in us, but he has always been, he's been a bigger part of this than people really give credit for. He's always going to be, like, the number one guy I go to when I need a, uh, when I need, like, a design for a logo, whether I need a design for so- something like a t-shirt design. He's always that guy that, Going to and guys, I can tell you this right now. He is uh, one of he is the guy who's going to give us the new T-shirt that is going to be a game changer podcast deal uh, going into August. So definitely look out for that, and definitely look out for more designs from Anthony DiStefano because I'm not. He's one of those guys that I'm definitely going to be keeping in the loop for quite a while. Yeah, he also has done. Uh those of you on Patreon or if you uh, listen to the Fretzelmania podcast feed on Spotify, 
you will occasionally see uh, my logos for Francis Fave 5 and the 20 Bell Salute, uh, both of which actually I think came out this week. Uh, uh, I highly suggest the July 2000 episode. It's fully loaded, pun intended, you'll see why. <laughs> yeah, he's done those those logos for me and my uh, Mr. Fretz logo that you will see uh, on some of my social medias, and I'm hoping to get all of those designs on shirts at some point as well. So cheer, uh, cheers to that. He's a hell of a designer. All the logos you see on Russell Attic Radio, at least I think a large chunk of them are done by him. No, I definitely do see that. And also definitely do want to give, again, a shout-out to Kyle as well as to Brad. You guys definitely brought another level of entertainment to the show, the show along with Anthony. I love Kyle just having kind of like this straight kind of kind of kind of like a like straight and narrow kind of humor, and then Brad just had the out of nowhere laughs at the most random of things. It's just absolutely great just having three different personalities all meeting up and just having fun, and that's what really mattered. And honestly, it's going to be one of those things that it's going to be hard to even replicate that. that. That It will never be replicated. Let's just say that right now. So, again, to the rant, to the five-second rule, to rant with Ant, you guys are absolutely wonderful. And it's time to continue that legacy by keeping things positive and keeping life real. That's the way I see it. Totally, bro. That's... <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So, Mr. Fretz, obviously... In the world of wrestling, we had a bit of a crazy week. We had uh, night two of the Great American Bash for NXT, as well as night two for Fighter Fest. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of like a breakdown as what happened at Fighter Fest. All you really need to know is a puppy bowl, more of that, please and thank you. <laughs> B, <Please. laughs> it's just awesome. Um, B. The tag team title matchup between Street Profits as well as Kenny and Hangman. Still really good. Also, Matthew P.S. Hardy. I want that to be a shirt now because obvious reasons. Oh, I just got it. <laughs> I, I've ne- I have yet to get a response from Matt, but maybe he's just rolling his eyes like, yeah, whatever. Um, the eight-man tag that featured the Lucha Bros, Butcher and Blade, FTR, and Young Bucks was just lit. And, jeez, oh, the return of the FTW Championship. I never thought I would see that, but it, I said it in a tweet. I said that this was literally machine-recognizing machine. The freaking suplex machine literally giving the championship that he created, that he made awesome, he gave it to the the next machine, that being Cage. This is going to be interesting to see how well they continue this, but I think that it's a huge endorsement to get from Taz to Brian Cage, and I think Cage is definitely going to be just a huge star going into uh, AEW. And then the main event, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. More of that, please. I will definitely take this more than the greatest wrestling match ever. I'm just stating that right now because Orange Cassidy was a made star by Chris Jericho and everything in between just, just, mm. oh, that was just so good. Just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, Fighter Fest uh, Night 2 was honestly down for the books. Definitely worth watching through. Uh, it's definitely one of those events that, again, it's unfortunate because of the circumstances that we have right now. 
But again, wrestling has become an escape for so many people. And the fact that you know AEW, WWE, and so many other places have definitely been trying to help us have that escape, it really does help make things better in life. But AEW Fire Fest Night 2, really good. Yep, and there's also, I think this weekend, uh, and uh, New Japan has Dominion and oh, wow. or the finals of the Super J Cup. And uh, spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen any of the tournament yet, I'm giving you a five-second warning for the final match. It's going to be awesome. Five, four, three, three minutes and we're out two, of here. I'm going. <laughs> no, no, and it is... Okada versus Evil. Ooh. My gosh, I, I swear to God, if Okada, if 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 if, if Evil doesn't win, ooh. Uh, and I think the winner of that gets a shot at uh, Tetsuya Naito. Uh, either of those, like Okada's the guy that Naito beat to win the double championship. So yeah, yes, please. Uh, but Evil versus Naito, I'm, I'm all over that. Uh, that should be this weekend. Uh, Zach, I know you're on vacation, but you can still correct me. Hope you're having fun in, in Denver. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the so, Young Lions Perspective, because they are great. What was that? I said shout out to the Young Lions Perspective, because he is great. Oh, fantastic. And as I said, he, he, uh, if anyone ever goes to the Denver area... I want to recommend a few places for you. Estes Park, Colorado, which is just a tiny town right outside of Rocky Mountain National Park, which is another must-visit. Uh, national parks might not be much of a thing right now, but if you drive up the mountain, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, just bring extra sunscreen because the sun might be uh, a, a little bit closer to you and give you sunburn. I don't know that from experience. Uh Ernie's Pizza in Denver and Dave's Smoking Barbecue, a barbecue joint in Estes Park. Anyways, uh, plugs aside there, NXT, Great American Bash, night two. Uh, I watched both shows after work last night, so you know, up until about three in the morning watching all this, but it was totally worth it. We had a street fight between Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, and it went all over the place, and... Uh, it went to a, a small catering table that still had some, like, mandarins and bananas on it. And there was a guy in the audience. I mean, if it wasn't Rick Boogs, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like, hey, hit her with the bananas. Hey, hit her with the mandarins or something. <laughs> Fair fight. Uh, in the end, we had uh, Larray getting a win here with... Uh, I think it was a swinging neck breaker off the top rope onto a pile of chairs in the middle of the ring. It looked like a really stiff spot. Uh, more of that, please. I mean, the women's debate, I was just watching uh, Mr. Warren Hayes. He does you live YouTube every Thursday night at 9. Highly suggest checking him out. He's got a great chat and a great community there as well. An, an, another good brother, uh, I think he's on with Fightful, but we he everyone in there he was talking about how the women's division right now is carrying the entire WWE. I'm sorry, in NXT, yes. Um, Tony Nese and Bronson Reed. Uh, Bronson Reed squashes him next. Da, 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 we have uh, Bronson Reed. Oh nope, nope. Uh, Gargano and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Fantastic oh, match. You know, 
A lot of stiff shots, a lot of quick offense. Gargano getting the one final beat. Uh, Breezango and Drake Maverick versus Legato Del Fantasma, which is, of course, uh, El Fantasma, Raul Mendoza, and Yaquin Wild. Uh, the Heels got a sneaky win here with the Phantom Driver. And uh, Breezango came out dressed as Los Conquistadors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Did did they at least do like a pre match deal where uh, they only just say C? Uh no, they just came to the ring in the masks and did like probably like the conquistadors like dance kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> I could just imagine that now. But the Tron had like you know like the cactus in the desert, and I'm just I'm, I immediately went to Red Dead Redemption for that. <laughs> I thought they were gonna come out as Arthur Morgan. Oh. Uh, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez versus Santana Garrett. Uh, Mercedes just killed this girl. Fisherman's Buster, boom. Mercedes Mercedes makes her return, and then the winner take all match. Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Have you seen this match yet? I have seen this matchup, and it was beautiful. This was a beautiful matchup. So good. Like, 25 super kicks, like, five last calls, and Keith Lee just kept going Super Saiyan, gets to a spot where he catches Adam Cole into a powerbomb, hangs on, hits him with the spirit bomb, Brings him up again for the Big Bang Catastrophe, and we have a new NXT champ, and he's a double champ. The reign, and, the reign of pull uh, is over. The, the, the long reign is over. Uh, and Adam Cole, like, I gotta give props to his title reign. He legitimized an already legitimized title. I mean, like, 400 and something. This is, like, the CM Punk version of the NXT title reign. Mm-hmm. And there's only, he can only go up from here. I mean, if it's, if it's main roster or if, Hey, I'm going to hang around in NXT and help put over the rest of the crowd, kind of like a Finn, a Finn Balor spot. I'm all for it. I love Adam Cole. I love Keith Lee. And I'm, I'm kind of like Pritchard in a way. I want. I can't wait to see what's next when it comes to the title defenses. I'm um, thinking Cross for one of them. So yeah, that, oh, that, that was that in. was something that just that did stand out after that matchup was over. Was that Cross and uh, Scarlet were just like in a in a higher in a higher up balcony deal? Keith Lee celebrating his win. They're just kind of watching on. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, Scarlet did bring out that hourglass, and he was right. They were right about the fact that. Uh, Adam Cole's reign as NXT champion was dwindling down, but I did not expect that Keith Lee. And in all honesty, I, I sent in a tweet, you know, with all the adversity and all the hurdles that Keith Lee had to go through, to get to where he is now, it is just absolutely amazing seeing how Keith Lee has grown from being just this random guy on NXT to being one of the biggest players in NXT, and now he is the guy of NXT. He's holding the North America Championship. He's holding the NXT Championship. He is now the cornerstone of what NXT is right now. And in all honesty, I cannot ask for anyone better. 
This guy puts on amazing matches. He just creates memorable moments. He is legitimately one of those guys that I'm looking forward to seeing succeed more and more. And in all honesty, I would probably prefer him to be in NXT because he could definitely be one of those guys that really creates new talent and really brings that next generation into the fold. Uh, But if he goes to the main roster, hell, there's a lot of shit that we would love to see him in. I mean, Keith Lee versus Roman Reigns, the rematch, I think we need that. Yep. Uh, Keith Lee versus... uh you, you name it. I mean, if, if I can just sideburg quickly, uh, there, there's a picture. I think it might have happened on TV or off TV, but there's a picture of uh, him celebrating with uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Oh, wow. he's, just, he's just getting with, like, you know, the whole arms around him thing. They're really good buds in real life, but oh, there's somewhat... If that's the North American title match right there and Dijakovic gets his win back, I'm all for that. But if we got... You know what? Screw it. Keith Lee versus Mark Henry. Why not? Uh, Keith Lee versus... I could see him going going up against another small guy that he can whip around like he did Adam Cole, like Seth Rollins. Uh, although he's not in the company anymore, I can see a guy like Moxley or Jericho. Just look up Keith Lee's Evolve matches. I mean, King Ricky is the reason I became a Keith Lee fan getting a little bit into Evolve, but excuse me, get, speaking of evo- the Evolve um, conversation, Austin Theory and Keith Lee? Uh, yeah. Book, book that. You got, you got a major thumb up, thumbs up for me. I would I would love to see that. Um, so, before we go into our first commercial break, guys, we do have to do a little bit of sad business in the world of wrestling, and that is the world of Chikara. As we know, it has finally had the final nail in the coffin. Chikara Wrestling is, a lot of reports have said, no more. And it's a really sad time because Chikara wasn't ever going to be as big as like a WWE, a TNA, or uh, AEW. Probably not. But it was still a really fun-filled, you know, uh, another form of wrestling that we just... Enjoy it. I can tell you this, that I loved a lot of the Chikara stuff because when it came to wrestling and comedy, they did a damn good job of that. I mean, the soldier, the ant army, oh my gosh, the ant army is just one of my favorite factions that came out of that entire deal. Um, it also was the thing that introduced me to Chuck Taylor. And I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when Chuck Taylor used to do the invisible grenade? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. It is so amazing. So, basically, it's a situation where um, one of my favorite moments is basically he's got this, like, invisible grenade. He just tosses it in the ring, and it basically is like a slow-motion deal where the crowd is involved, everybody in the ring is involved, and even the announcers are kind of talking really slowly. I mean, there's, like, one ant that's just throwing one of his comrades out of the ring, and they're just, like, going super slow motion. Oh, shit. It's just so funny just seeing that. There's even one moment where uh, Chuck Taylor took the invisible grenade, somebody kicked it in the air, and then he just (laughs) turned the guy around, 
pull, pulled his shorts, it went into his shorts, and then they just played it off like he did an atomic drop, and it was just like a massive explosion. Like the <laughs> ring just blew up. Even the referee falls over. Chuck Taylor's just like limping, just like, ah, oh, I blew up my leg, damn it. <laughs> it's awesome. But as soon as, but as soon as I saw Chuck Taylor in AEW, like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. He's great. And Trent Beretta, holy cow, okay, I'm kind of interested in seeing Okay, Best Friends is one of my favorite tag teams. I'm I'm cool with this. Also, Best, best Friends versus Wild and Randy, sign me up for that. I really want to see that. Trust me, and I'll talk more about Wild and Randy uh, a little later on during the show. But always sad to hear another wrestling organization that had a lot of potential and definitely had a lot of great memories in it. Because even with the comedy stuff, they had some really great matches. They had some really great stars going through there, like Pac and Omega, uh, Cedric Alexander. So many great people that wrestled there and just had barn burner of matches, even in Chikara. That's really just absolutely amazing. But much like apparently NWA Power, Chikara is seemingly done and done. So definitely major props to Chikara, to all wrestling promotions that are unfortunately suffering throughout this pandemic. We're going to get through this. And it's only going to get better from here, I know it doesn't seem like that right now, but believe me when I say that, that's the best thing I can say right now. Is that it's only going to get better from here. It's not going to get worse. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chikara. We know why it had to shut its doors. Uh, we've talked extensively about uh, about speaking out, but that's that's why. But it, it sucks. I, I didn't watch a lot of Chikara. Honestly, the only thing I really knew about. The promotion was the annual King of Trios tournament, where you—it's just a six-man tag tournament, and once in a while they'll bring out a nostalgia act like uh, Sean Waltman dressed up as the One Two Three Kid. Oh, that's awesome! For one of them, and I think Just Incredible might have put on the yellow drop strap and became Aldo Montoya. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't watch a lot of Chikara and uh, NWA Pow. I. I Hope NWA Power like is okay because that was the highlight of my Tuesday nights. I, I love, I love Power. Uh, yeah, COVID be damned, it sucks, but hey, shit happens, and here's hoping the best for everyone involved. Definitely. All right, guys, we're gonna take our first commercial break, and then when we come back, it's time for us to talk about Bill. I think people might know who I'm talking about, but we'll explain more when we come back. Hi, I'm Nate the Effing Great. You know what's really fun, you guys, is just spending some time creating wrestling moments, whether it's being in the crowd, cutting promos, or just really kind of beating each other up with a chair or a trash can. Well, let's just say that there's a safer way to doing that without using an actual chair or a trash can. Go over to Great Minds Revolution Incorporated. My buddy Kurt has actually created a very safe and fun way to be a wrestling fan without the necessary lawsuits of basically beating each other up with real stuff. He has an inflatable chair that is really fun to just whack around, and it could also double as a little float floaty for a pool. He also has the inflatable trash can, which you guys is really awesome because let's say maybe you don't want to use it for wrestling matches. You could use it at your barbecue, your next big tailgate party, whatever you could think of. Great Minds Revolution, Inc. They do a great job on making wrestling fun again. 
proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is the Queen Bee, the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kate Murphy. Why do fools fall in love? Should I change my Tinder bio? These questions and more will all be answered on our new Patreon-exclusive show, Love and War. Watch me and King Ricky Rosé tackle the questions and struggles of finding love as a wrestling fan. Love is a battlefield, and this is Love and War, exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Hey everyone, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, so Calval, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast, sending lots of love from California. It's really weird because I think I just realized that only about two of those social outcasts are still employed by WWE. Wait, who, who were they again? They were. I think it, it was uh, Adam. Uh, Adam uh, wasn't Adam Rose one of them? It was Adam Rose, Heath Slater, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. I believe it was. They have all been released. Oh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel got released. They are gone. I think they're gone, dude. I have not heard news about that. I thought that they were still employed, but... I'll Google that quickly while you... (laughs) While we talk about Bill. Now, who are we talking about? Are we talking about Bill Nye? Bill Hader. (laughs) Bill Hader. That would have been a good one. Oh, man. So if you saw my Twitter at Real Life in Game, you did notice the fact that I tried to play a little joke where I was saying, like, we're going to talk about Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill Nye, the science guy. No, no, the, the other Bill. I'm just a bill, just an ordinary bill, sitting here on Capitol Hill. No, Goldberg. <laughs> they call me Bill. Yeah, uh, uh, Henning and, okay, Curtis Axel, I think, has been released, but it says Bo Dallas is still under contract. Okay, so only one one of those guys are left employed by WWE. Holy crap. So... Bo Dallas, uh, for those of you that are hoping to believe that we're going to get a Bo Dallas push, may get your wish. Who knows at this point? I mean, Raw and SmackDown are run for a com- for a audience of one nowadays, so... <sighs> I, I've given up on Raw and SmackDown as of late. I, this, this whole thing with the whole, uh, you know, co- the, the whole COVID deal... And it's just, everything is just, ugh, it's just so bleak. It's like, this should be a time where I should be happy. Drew McIntyre is WWE champion. He's putting on great matches. Also, Otis is money in the bank holder, and he's hooking up with one of the hottest women ever. He's literally me. You know, metaphorically. <laughs> just, he's like the everyday guy. It's like, hey, you can get the hot girl. You just gotta believe. You just gotta be a good guy. I think that's what what they were trying to get across. Who knows? I don't even know anymore. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Bill Goldberg. That's right. That's right. We're talking about Bill Goldberg because, uh, yeah, it felt like a very WCW-esque 
month because last week we covered a little bit of that. We covered the NWO. I thought let's talk about another thing that really made WCW fun, and that was Goldberg. Goldberg, who played for the Atlanta Falcons, then went transitioned on to wrestling. He literally came out one night and he just walloped Bill DeMont. Uh, just in a matter of minutes, it's like, oh, okay, so this guy's got a little bit of potential. And then time went on, you start seeing him kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Back when spamming moves was kind of more acceptable than, you know, nowadays where people have spam this, spam this, no, this sucks, spam this, spam this, no, why must you do this to us? Why must you continue to make us suffer through the whole spamming situation? But, yeah, Goldberg was always the guy who just came, who Eric Bischoff said best. He came out, he would snort, he would spit, he would hit you, hit you again, spear you, drag, jackhammer you, and people went nuts. And it worked. Goldberg was just that guy who was just literally like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to wreck some shit, and then I'm going to leave. Not even say a word. Yeah, that, that, that was his, uh, oh, his M.O. I was trying to think of the term, yeah. yeah Bill's M.O. was just uh, kind of like a uh, prototype of Brock Lesnar, like eat, sleep, suplex, suplex repeat. He was just all uh, kick ass and leave, like, you know, kind of like Roddy Piper in They Live, uh, kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum, but <laughs> Bill Goldberg... Uh, do you, do you know the number of his kayfabe winning streak before, oh, you know, oh the, the incident? Um, I'm trying to remember this because I, I should know this at this point. I think, wasn't it like, uh, like 189? Uh, what I got here, uh, I'll have to credit uh, Matt McMuscles for his WCW video, uh, 173. Oh, like, and if you were to try to do the do the math, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't add up to that because he had raw, uh, God, not raw, nitro, nitro, and then four months into his run, Goldberg would have Thunder would have debuted. So you and maybe the odd Saturday night count pay per views oh, in a year. Actually, that might be that might be close, but. Yeah, he just plowed through everyone, and I, I will never forget watching. I think I watched this first appearance. He squashed Hugh Morris, and he just goes, that's one. Or, like, that's number one or something like that. Plows through everybody. Uh, he would eventually go on to be the United States champion, and whom did he defeat? Nate, do you know this? Uh, was it? No, it wasn't Scott Hall. Fuck, who was it? Um... Kurt Hayne? What about him? Oh, what my gosh. about Raven? Oh, uh, Spring Stampede Night. <laughs> I went straight, I went straight I to believe. Canyon. <laughs> what about Canyon? <laughs> oh, better than Canyon. Oh, R.I.P., man. Oh, I loved, I I loved love Canyon, Canyon so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, he, here's a little a, a quiz for you here, so... We finally got to see a little bit of Goldberg's strength when he wrestled people like the Giant and another seven foot plus wrestler. Then yes, you can teach that. 
uh, named Reese, who was part of Raven's Flock. Do you know who the Reese, who Reese once wrestled as in WCW? Um, was he the mummy? The Yeti! Yeti! Got it! Yes, he was the Yeti. And then the Yeti came out later as a gigantic luchador. Uh, I, I didn't take a lot of notes for, for the Goldberg thing here. A lot of it's in my brain. And, uh, you know, and I had a busy week with work. And my mother was visiting. Shout out to Mother Fretz. Mama Fretz, love you. Always coming up with baked goods for uh, her kids and the grandkids, and, and I just and I just saw the Cracker Barrel Clash bump with the barrel on the stairs. Oh. That hurts. It's on. It's on in front of me right now. The all out or whatever it is. But then there was Goldberg kept on defending the U.S. title and beating everybody until this fateful night. I believe it was July. 1998 and what happened on this fateful day Nathaniel uh, well Mr. James Fretz I believe that Goldberg was given an opportunity to challenge for the WCW slash NWO heavyweight championship against then champion Hollywood Hulk Hogan Dang. Yeah, that, uh, that that was what the only Goldberg thing I managed to watch this week. And you know what? That match still holds up, even with the shenanigans it, it with uh, freaking Carl Malone. <laughs> <laughs> the Carl Malone is a, oh my gosh. That guy deserves to be in like every Hall of Fame, including WWE Hall of Fame, just for that picture-perfect diamond cutter on, Miss, on Kurt Henning. That, that was just great. Just everybody just lost their shit when that happened. And then they realized, oh, wait a minute. We got, we got a title match up here. Goldberg, boom, boom, new champion. Oh, shit. <laughs> in Atlanta, in Bad Street, Atlanta, GA, uh, Bill's hometown, I believe. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, and I, all, I, all the shenanigans. Was, was, speak, speak, speaking of shenanigans, that was the one thing that stood out to me with this matchup was that they... Hogan used the belt, and then he used a chair. It was like, there's no, like, DQ in this or something? Is this not clarified? Well, what's going on here? Because I'm I'm all sorts of confused. Because, well, I mean, somebody's going to say, oh, he's on the outside, so it doesn't count. It's like, what? Is this, is this how WCW plays? What? I'm, I'm confused. It's where the big boys play, Nate. Okay, fair enough. I, I, had to look yeah. at the, I had to look at the adjective. You're right, you're right. Look at the adjective play. Yeah, and it's it's also worth noting earlier in the night on Nitro. This is back when Nitro was three hours, and you need a little liquid courage to get through the show. Uh, but the rest of that show, uh, I recommend watching that Nitro. It's not bad. Yeah, Bill defended the U.S. title against Scott Hall successfully, Ooh. obviously, and then he went on to steamroll through the NWO, but. This is one thing that WCW, I think, had a habit of doing if if it wasn't just this. He got this marquee match that you want to build and build. What was July's pay-per-view in 98? Bash at the Beach? Probably. Maybe save it for Bash, but I think 
they kind of blew their load a little early here with this because this is a match you could have taken, you could have saved and built and taken to Starcade. Yeah, I know it's six months after this, but Starcade was Goldberg's first pay per view appearance in '97, I think. And then you build up, kind of like they did. Sting and Hogan in 97, except not as long and not as Lame. terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he could have had, it was like every month, someone different in, in the NWO. And every month, they would have some way to stop him. Let's break out the, let's get Kevin Nash at Hog Wild. Let's break out the taser. He no sells the taser and plows him because he's Bill effing Goldberg. But despite that, this match was awesome. Hogan played his part. A lot of people think that Hogan, oh, he's a politician. Oh, he'll never do business. No, he knew the business. He knew that doing the business for this match, even he knew. And I think he's even said it in shooter interviews. But it's it's great. Hogan was that despicable dickhead. He dropped the leg. He used every desperate tactic in the book nope Bill comes out on top and helps vanquish the NWO if not temporarily that is very true I will say this one other matchup in WCW that was definitely showcasing uh, Bill Goldberg but also showcased his opponent very well was his match at Halloween Havoc uh, 98 against bang Diamond Dallas Page I just rewatched that matchup and oh my god that Matchup is still good. Just that that counter from the jackhammer to the diamond cutter, and people are just going, "What? Holy shit! Holy shit! We're gonna see a new champion!" It's like it's it's pandemonium because DDP was slowly getting that build. He was starting to get that rise to being the headliner, and you know, having him against Goldberg, and they even played the history like DDP brought Goldberg into the business. Like that's good storytelling. So this is kind of one of those things where they're showcasing that DP could have the advantage on there. You have that, but you also have him literally just doing everything that he can to take down Goldberg. He did a flying clothesline, did so much other crap. He did a freaking head scissors to Goldberg. Guy's like over six foot tall, and he does a freaking head scissors. DDP is the man. I don't care what anybody says. He deserves to be every in every Hall of Fame. Also, try DDP yoga. It's awesome. Um... That was that was just great. Now, fast forward a bit to his time in WWE. A lot of stuff is hit and miss. And for obvious reasons. I mean, his first loss was in the Elimination Chamber, and it was by a kryptonite-coated sledgehammer, yeah. I, I, I guess. Um, his first match against The Rock was kind of squeamish, because... They were because obviously they did not understand, you know, what made Goldberg Goldberg. He's a guy who literally is just, you know, does short bursts of energy, does a lot of just great power stuff, and I think Adam Blavio said best. He do, he does the deal with his face where he's like <laughs> some things that he's not good at: prolonged matches, promos, and unless he's being himself, he's a. Uh, not the best of promos. Honestly, I do agree with, I think it was Brian Zane, who said that Goldberg should have literally tried to snap 
Goldust's arm off when he put that wig on, on him. It should have been said he was just like, well, uh, well, thank you very much for that, but uh, no thanks. And then he secretly just goes, you do, you put this on my head again. I'm going to hurt you. It's like, you're next. It, it would have been one of those things where I would have loved to just see him just like, it's kind of like the Braun Strowman deal, if you remember when uh, it was like Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, where uh, Chris Jericho, he was like the co-captain, passing off scarves to everybody. <laughs> I forgot about that. And Braun's just like, I want that scarf. Then he just takes it and rips it up, and he's like, I don't like scarves. <laughs> that that would have been something, if they would have done that with Goldberg, that would have been funny, where he... where. He would have, where Goldust would have tried to put the thing on, but he, but Goldberg would have just grabbed his hand, grabbed the wig, and he just ripped it off. And he could have said something like, "I like being bald. Do that again, and you're next." <laughs> if he would have done something like that, that would have been good. But as far as like WWE matches, again, it's kind of a hit and miss situation. Um, I will say this, that when we talk about, uh, oh gosh, when we talk about dumpster fire matches, uh, his career in WWE definitely kind of tops that. Uh, WrestleMania 20, that that was bad. That was bad. That was just one of those things where both him and... You sold You sold The crowd made that match. (laughs) This is true. They're just like, Austin, Austin, Austin. They're just staring each other down, and Austin... Austin, he, he's the special guest referee. He's even like, fucking do something. Do something, damn it. No, no, no. Oh, my gosh. Just, mm. But then he had a resurgence, and he came back a few years ago, actually. It, it's hard to believe. Oh, my gosh. It's been that long. Jeez Louise. Are you 2016. Like 2016. He came back for a matchup against Brock Lesnar. It could have been a one-and-done deal. And what did he do? He basically pushes over Brock Lesnar, and Brock's just like, what? Okay. Gets up. Spear! Spear! Jackhammer! One, two, three. Oh my god. That uh, that just happened. And I think that the... <laughs> I think that the uh, the reaction of uh, Adam Blompier, Adam Pacitti, and uh, Jack the Jobber... Is probably like the best way of just describing it. <laughs> Literally, they're just like in shock at the ending deal where just Adam Adam B is just like jaw on the ground, eyes just popping out. He throws his cardboard belt off to the side. Jack is just like just not even able to say anything. And there's there's Adam Pacheco like, Holy beep! Holy beep! <laughs> just like go absolute bananas. Then we, he says, hey, I might have one Royal Rumble left in me. It's like, okay, we might see some cool stuff. Yep, he eliminates Brock Lesnar again. Wow, oh, they're setting up Brock versus Goldberg at Mania? Well, this will be interesting. Um, then we had Fastlane. Oh, 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 why? Just why? Kevin Owens losing that championship in a matter of, I think it was 45 seconds. There was less than that. Oh, that was sad. Um, but did it get better? Yeah, kind of. Because I did get a chance to watch the Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg match at uh, 32. And it's kind of those things where it's like, it's pretty good. It's short, sweet, it's to the point. 
you got some spamming here and there, but at the same time, it it's what they're really good at doing. So it works out. I think there was like maybe 10 plus German suplexes, four spears and a jackhammer in there, and then an F5, and then that was it. It was like, okay, there's this is this is this is nice. It's kinda cool. Uh gosh, and then Goldberg would not be seen again to oh. Oh no. Oh god. This this is gonna be tough. Super showdown a couple years later. A dream match any other time. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Now, to be frank, it did last only as long as we'd kind of want it to last, but uh, a couple things kind of happened during this match. One being Goldberg was going for a spear. He had a post, and he uh, busted himself open the hard way. So I was like, okay, this is a little bit tough. Goldberg, he's going for the jackhammer, and oh, oh, okay, brain buster. And Undertaker even said it himself. He said that he's maybe that close to possibly being paralyzed. And thankfully, he definitely was not. Um, Goldberg got a tombstone. I think he might have gotten a bit of a stinger from that one. Choke slam, one, two, three. A match we would have loved to have seen years ago. Nowadays, just tough to watch. And we try not to remember. So we're going to just kind of forget about that matchup. And uh, go into talking about his matchup with Dolph Ziggler, which was kind of a redemption for him. He ate a couple super kicks, then a spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, it's over. And then Dolph had to shoot his mouth off and get speared a couple more times. And to be honest, looking back at it, it's kind of those things where I think in the moment I was just like, this is stupid. But now looking back at it, it's like, okay, this is kind of funny. (laughs) This is kind of entertaining, seeing Dolph Ziggler literally just shooting his mouth up. And then it's almost like the dad is coming to just punish his son some more because the son does not know when to take a hint. It's just like, it's like, it's like, you old man, you can't do it. You can't beat me. And then dad just comes back. He's like, okay, gives him a beating. Walks away. He's out of the room. Is that the best you got? Here's the music. Here comes Goldberg. And then he just kills him again. Oh, my gosh. That I will say this. Was it one of the highlights of the show? Yes. And it was definitely in a positive way because, like I said, we got to see Goldberg kill and we got to see Dolph Ziggler literally get just massacred. And all, all honesty, I also want to mention this, that um, I love, especially the night after, because they mentioned uh, Dolph Ziggler was taking on The Miz on the Raw after SummerSlam. And one of my favorite <laughs> moments is still <laughs> when Dolph Ziggler is talking on the microphone and Miz gives him a skull-crushing finale while the microphone is still in his hand. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, wow, 2019 was an interesting year for uh, for Mr. Ziggler's. But uh, it, de- it definitely was one of those things where it's like, you remember Dolph Ziggler during 2019. It's like, yeah, he got massacred by Goldberg, and then he got just bitch, <laughs> he just got pitch slapped by The Miz. 
But uh, yeah, Goldberg's WWE run is probably best less unsaid unless you're talking about some of the things he did with Brock and Dolph Ziggler. That's kind of about it. But what about his stuff with Triple H? And that's about it. I didn't mind his uh, his some of his first run with, uh, namely with stuff with Triple H because they made a decent um, who done it kind of angle with the I'm uh, gonna put a bounty. Oh yeah. On on Goldberg's head, and who takes it? Batista. I don't remember if we actually get. Pardon me a couple times. Uh, that match. I think Batista was having injury problems at this time. And if there's one thing about Hogan, is this goes back to WCW and WWE. At least in the WWE, they didn't give him like the streak if you will. Uh, I kind of liked uh, how there was a couple other wrestlers within WCW having a streak, and one guy kind of took the 173-0 thing and just kind of added Steiner math to it, and that was Sid. <laughs> his nice. Millennium Man streak, and he had his own personal referee in Charles Robinson. <laughs> so he would have, yeah, he would have like, I'm... 86 and oh and then on thunder two days later i'm 107 <laughs> oh oh, and, and wrath aka adam bomb he was a guy that was going on a tear around the same time and they were supposed i think there was rumor and innuendo about having a streak versus streak match at starcade one year with wrath and goldberg Ooh. but that Wrath and Goldberg match just ended up being a throwaway squash on Thunder, which is a damn shame because I loved Wrath. Uh, With Goldberg, they didn't know how to book him after the streak because streaks are made to be broken, whether we like it or not, like Taker's streak. Uh, I still think it should stay intact, but that's just me. Uh, They didn't know what to do with him because... Now that he's lost, he's mortal. He's not. He's not Superman, right? Mm-hmm. So and and I'll, I'll credit like WWE knew how to book the Undertaker after they lost his WrestleMania streak because he had a redemption. Goldberg had a nonsensical, wacky storyline with. Who was it after Starcade? Bam Bam Bigelow? And like some kind of kidnapping fiasco, whether it was a false accusation. I, I cut, although I watched Nitro to the end, uh, I tuned out in early 99, especially after the friggin' finger poke. <laughs> but Bill, and, and I think Bill was on the sidelines for a little bit. He, he didn't have that same. Aura. He didn't have that same luster about him after Starcade '98. Uh, all thanks to Scott Hall and a Taser. Kevin Nash just had to get out his uh, his creative control book. I'm sorry, I'm breaking out a Chris Jericho book for that to make my point, but <laughs> ironic, ironic kind of in a way. <laughs> but it was rough. his. 
early WCW stuff was the stuff of legends because they they just found this guy in the power plant and they thought, okay, let's let's make something with him, and you build this, you build all these matches, and then you realize, oh, Bill hasn't lost yet. Let's roll with this, and you keep going. Despite the fact that this first what four months he's taken out Mike Enos, Wayne Bloom, uh, the guy that played Demolition Smash, Barry Barry Darso, mm. he's taking out nobodies, and then you think, oh, okay, he's taking out this guy, and I, I, I just came to my mind now that his storyline with Bret Hart, namely the stuff where oh, yes. in Toronto, I'll never forget this was a Nitro in Toronto. You know, Bret Hart was wearing the Maple Leaf jersey, as as you do to get cheap heat in Toronto. Pawn into my Maple Leaf blanket here. Um, in the cheap pop, I'm sorry. And Bret Hart with, this, with like the breastplate under the jersey when Bill speared him. Iconic. Uh, the rest of Bill and Bret we don't need to talk about, but that was like, I think that was the last great moment for Bill post-streak was his brief interaction with Brett and the friggin' spear and the breastplate, but when you're building up a new star, namely one that's going to go on an undefeated streak for a Tatanka amount of time, have plans when he lose, he or she or they lose. They didn't have that with Bill, and I think that was much to his detriment. It definitely was. Although I will say another great moment that uh, happened in Bill's career was his debut uh, in Madison Square Garden because literally all he had to do was go out and beat someone. This person is a huge star in the Ruthless Aggression pod and they're promoting the fact that he might be made, making a comeback. And that being the white boy beater himself Rodney Mack. <laughs> <laughs> the whole entire deal where Rodney Mack is doing this like white boy challenge where basically any white boy that wants to come out and beat him got five minutes with him. That's back when Teddy Long was just, oh my gosh, Teddy Long is just great. Um, so they, they're basically like, oh, hey, come on, see who's going to fight Rodney Mack. It could be any white boy. And for me, I'm already just like... Any white boy? Ooh, boy. And the crowd is already just like, Goldberg, Goldberg. Yep, here's his music. Here comes Goldberg. Roddy Mac's like, nope, I'm going to get the jump on him. And then literally has this comical deal where he gets, like, knocked down the ramp. And Rodney's just spinning all the way down the ramp. It's like it's like this cheesy deal where it's like, dude, you... You could have done so much more than looking like a freaking can going down a freaking slide. <laughs> but then gets in the ring, 30 seconds later, Goldberg wins. <laughs> it's like, well, so much for the white boy challenge. You got killed by the biggest white boy of them all in Goldberg. <laughs> True that. that. I, I forgot about that moment actually now, and <laughs> I forgot about Rodney Mack, and he went, he he wrestled at one of the only house shows I've ever attended. So, uh, that that's a good one. Uh, but my, if we have to talk about favorite moments of WWE, it we've already mentioned it, but it's Survivor Series 2016. Just that stare down, you see the push, then just 
spirit, the crowd goes nuts, and I'm not only saying that because it was in Toronto, uh, actually a lot, um, a lot saying it because it was in Toronto because a lot of iconic moments happen in in this in the six. Uh, I think Slack was in the crowd for that one. That was before uh, that was before we knew who he was because. See, Survivor Series 2016. Yeah, that opened just after King Ricky joined uh, joined Kings of the Rings, and around the time I think I started listening to them on the regular. I I think, but it's yeah, that was amazing. And uh, see, Bill, you know, Bill versus Triple H at Unforgiven when he won the title. He should have won the bloody title at SummerSlam in the Chamber. I don't want to talk. If I'm doing the 20 bell salute in three years, I'm going to have to unfortunately relive that shit. But uh, that the friggin' kryptonite sledgehammer and the and the Kevin Nash with short hair because he was filming the Punisher. That's it, right. He was like that that one of the villains in the Punisher, and I'll never forget his death sequence in that movie when he got a knife through the like through the chin, like right in the. Oh just below the chin on the neck like boom right there it's disgusting that movie sucked (laughs) (laughs) my my buddies are I'm watching it with my buddies they're baked I'm drunk because I don't smoke Uh, it's like uh, where where do you see me and then my my friend goes he he leans it to me he's gonna say in the obituaries isn't he in the obituaries Nailed it! Oh, and if we want to talk something about Bill, you're going to hear more about this on Francis Fave Five this coming week. So this is a sneak preview uh, for my Fave Five wrestler moments, wrestling in film, wrestlers in film. I've asked some of our. our friends in the Patreon to help me out with this, so you're going to be hearing all their shout-outs. But Bill Goldberg in the longest yard with Adam Sandler, like, uh, love that. <laughs> oh my god. Santa's oh. slime, not so much. Gosh, that just... I, You know, it's funny, I do remember you asking that question in our Patreon chat, and I think... Uh, I think one of the Patreon members mentioned that. I was just like, oh, crap, that's right. That's like one of the best movies to feature wrestlers is The Longest Yard because you have Goldberg literally just being the guy who's just being Goldberg. He's also the guy with apparently a huge wang. Uh, Kevin Nash acting like a sissy because he took estrogen pills. Bob Sapp making Steve Austin crap himself. Oh, my gosh, that... That that was great. Just, I, I think I think it, I think what I said was that he was he was Stone Cold was just the guy going like that's how what man runs a football. Moments later, gets killed by Bob Sapp. I think I beat him shit himself. <laughs> think he shitting himself. Yeah, there. Uh, trigger warning: there is a little bit of racism in that movie, folks. Uh, I'm gonna let you know right there. Uh, he calls Nelly a very bad word that you should never ever ever say. <laughs> um, I, I I do like the movie. It's in, I think it's one of Adam Sandler's last good movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I did enjoy <laughs> a now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. There was in a there you can think like isn't that movie kind of homophobic? It actually shines uh, for an early 
aughts movie, it does shine a positive light on uh, same-sex couples in a in a similar kind of way. But I thought that that was admirable in, in that. But uh, yeah, Bill, uh, great career. We we can ignore some of the bad. Uh, the the Taker match didn't happen. But what about the the last ride? It didn't happen. We tr- we try to ignore the fact that that almost was Undertaker's last match. But, uh, no, honestly, Bill Goldberg, for all the crap that he gets, he definitely does create memorable moments. He definitely, he's got to have the right person to mesh with to really create on, like, great matches. Like, we mentioned only, like, a few. We mentioned uh, DDP. We did mention Hogan. Uh, we mentioned Brock Lesnar. Uh, the later years, not 2004, because that was just sad. Um, and help, even Dolph Ziggler. He's a, yeah, he's a smaller guy. It works. There's a lot of people that you know. If you're a big guy, you'll probably look a lot more menacing. I get with a smaller guy. Ask Ricochet. Okay, no, I'm sad. Um, yeah, but Goldberg definitely was one of those guys who I look at, and was he a game changer? He definitely was. He was one of those guys who definitely embodied what it was to be just this badass character, but he could also be a guy that just knew how to create memorable moments. I mean, even if we you know took away like some of his matches, some of the moments that he did, like him spearing, I think it was uh, Jamal or Rosie through the barricade, uh, him doing the spear to Brock Lesnar at No Way Out 2004, helping Eddie Guerrero win the WWE title. Uh, him literally going through every single person that he could and just, you know, spearing people, giving them jackhammer. The jackhammer that we mentioned before to the giant. Big Show was at least probably like three, four hundred some odd pounds and seven foot tall. And he was holding him up for at least like two, maybe five seconds at most. That was crazy. Stalling suplex style, bro. It was it was just crazy. Just seeing that. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, another kind of memorable deal, even though a lot of people kind of want to forget about it, was his match at WrestleMania against Braun Strowman. This is literally just a deal where it's like, spam this, spam that, spam this, spam that. But it was short enough, and it worked. It made Braun Strowman look tough. Goldberg, he definitely tried his best to uh, be, to, you know, continue his best to, you know, hold his second Universal title run. But, uh, no, he was still there to do a job, and that was to make Braun look good and to put Braun over. And he did both. Now, everything that happens afterwards the Braun Strowman is beyond our control. But Goldberg has been one of those guys who has earned every single bit of credibility that he has, that he's earned. He's earned the recognition, positive and negative, but he's also earned his place in wrestling history and definitely one of those guys who deserves to be in a lot of the Hall of Fames. Do I think he's got it to be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame? He probably is right now. I'm, I'm almost calling it right now that he is. Um, but yeah, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's one of those guys who... He is. He is one of... Oh, he is the Wrestling Hall of Fame? Like the actual person? I think he's in the WWE Hall of Fame now that I think of it. Yes. Is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Hey, Siri. I think he was in the... Uh... Is Bill Goldberg in the WWE Hall of Fame? 
found this on the web. It's got to be like the yeah, last... 2018. 2018. Two years ago. Jeez Louise. It's crazy to think now. But, uh, yeah. No, he's earned every single accolade, and he's earned all the notoriety that he has. And he's one of those guys that proves that, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but you definitely do need to, you know, just be careful with who you wrestle with because sometimes it doesn't always work out as well as you'd want it to. Uh, case in point, probably Kevin Nash. Chris Jericho? Oh, wait, that's backstage. Oh, jeez. We talked about that. If we talk about that backstage story, man, that's going to be that's going to be awesome. That's going to be crazy. Um, or when he wrestled William Regal and like Regal tried to wrestle wrestle him, uh, <laughs> made him look kind of foolish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Chris Jericho. Uh, oh man, I got to give him all the credit. He took down Bill backstage and quite easily and Chris ain't that much bigger than me (laughs) and he managed to do that to To I don't know 6'5 270 to to a former Atlanta football player the Atlanta Falcons oh boy if you get that if you get that reference uh can of coke or can of (laughs) can of corn can of corn I'll be fine (laughs) Can of corn. If we stop, if if all you giving Kenny for Thanksgiving is a can of corn, he's gonna have a pretty corny Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you get that reference, I'll buy you a case. <laughs> so much generosity, oh man. So yeah, Goldberg is he game changer? Yes. Is he perfect? No. But he definitely deserves a lot of the positive recognition that he's put on the on the. Great thing that is professional wrestling. He, uh, Bill, in my mind, was one of the people that really helped WCW during the latter part of the 83-week streak. And, you know, Nitro, after that streak was broken by Austin versus McMahon, Nitro still won a few weeks in 98. I mean, that... The, the, the night he beat Bill Goldberg included, they demolished Raw in the ratings. Then the last time Nitro got any headway in in the, in the ratings war was just before, probably just before Starcade. And there goes your camera again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's going to make some great video. Um, hey. Yeah, Bill, Bill, it, it, Bill was one of the... Uh, I'm trying to think of a best term here, but not the forefathers or whatever. Just one of the best moments and moment makers of the Monday Night Wars. Like, you know, Nitro, although it started in 95 and Bill didn't come around till 97, he was prominent. And I think he helped Nitro in the case of winning the war. Like, Whoever he was against, uh, channels were changing over to Nitro. It's like, okay, what's going on in WWE? Takamichi Noku versus Brian Christopher. Good match, but what's going on over here? Oh, there's this new guy named Bill Goldberg, and he's going up against, like, Steve McMichael, Mongo. Uh, What will Mongo do next on Twitter? Watch that. It's funny. Mongo's (laughs) career is funny. Uh, Hilarious stuff. And, okay, so who's this guy? He just beat this guy in two minutes. He creamed him. Spear, jackhammer. I love that move. 
I want to see more of this guy. And, yeah, and there was so much intrigue with Bill. You're like, okay, who's he going to beat now? Is what we were looking at every every week on Nitro. Thunder, Saturday night. He did wrestle on Saturday night a bunch. Okay, who's he going to wrestle on pay-per-view? Is it... What what's Bill gonna do? He it was kind of like Steve Austin in a way. We're like every every week we're waiting on the newest uh, vehicular attempted vehicular manslaughter by Steve Austin. Hey, he came out in a zamboni, and I know those things are hard to drive, deceptive, deceptively hard to drive. Look at it on TV. It's like yeah, it's not that bad. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. You gotta know when to lower the blades. You gotta know when to like, you know, lower the squeegee part of it as well. I've tried it. I worked in an arena for a very short period of time. Nah, nah. <laughs> Steve, nay, nay. Steve, he he grew up on a farm, so he knows his way around machinery. Er, Harold Sean, it was like driving a tractor. Yeah, Bill, he had an aura, and as I've said before, that aura, that luster was just a bit of it was gone, or a lot of it was gone when he lost the streak to, to of all people, Diesel. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, kind of kind of bringing back the uh, the random question of the week deal in a, in a way. Okay. Uh, if you were booking Nitro and you were tasked with, okay, I want you to book Bill Goldberg's defeat, who would it be by? Oh, DDP. DDP would have been the one because I would have loved to have seen a series of matches between DDP and Goldberg. Maybe have a situation where it like it start it starts at uh, Halloween Havoc '98. They have a great matchup. Goldberg wins. Fast forward a bit, they go on to another matchup. Maybe it could happen at a like a Fall Brawl or something like that. DDP he gets closer, but Goldberg finds a way to win. Then we have Starcade. Goldberg, DDP, the final chapter. Literally, it's like DDP's last chance at the WCW Heavyweight title. And that would be the moment where I would have DDP pick up the victory. It's one of those things where there's a story there. You could build up so much on it. And it would create for a very interesting deal. Because now Goldberg is going to be... He could, he could uh, arguably he could turn heel where it's like you know he let his you know streak and his fame kind of get the better of him and now that they took it away from him now he's he's got an incentive to be like yeah I'm I'm literally gonna destroy you he's gonna literally just go after DDP and just wreck him because DDP took away the one thing that he had and that was the streak and that also well also would be the WCW heavyweight title so. I think DDP would be the best choice for that. I I would fully agree with you there. Uh, D- DDP would have been at the top of my list. Uh, the, the only other guy... I, I, in, in my mind, I'm like, why did I think of Sid? I think I just... Maybe because I thought of that fake Millennium Man faux streak that he built to kind of... That'd be funny. Uh, take the piss out of Goldberg. I would laugh because I'm a Sid... Mark, I mean, I named one of my cats after Sid when I was a kid, and that's the that's the God honest truth. I did. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think DDP is the only guy I would have I would have booked for that, unless they were to bring in some kind of big brawn esque sized guy to WCW in 1999. And no, I don't mean Reese, aka the Yeti again. <laughs> and for the love of the everything holy, do not give Hogan back his win. Is in my mind, I'm like, oh, they would have booked Hogan. Like, Starcade, they they would have done it to give Hogan his win back. Like, nah. Nah, man, that's not how you do it. But yeah, I, I love the DDP analogy uh, and just the Halloween Havoc thing. I think you and I might have reviewed that. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the first, I think it was the first, yeah, I said it was the first pay-per-view I watched. And what happens? 20 seconds into the match, there's a bump to the outside. <laughs> pay-per-view cut uh it's one of the most infamous things ever and then finally the i think they aired the rest of the match on nitro but it was good that was bill's best maybe bill's best match and if i you know what i would have bill maybe hang on an extra year with the streak and who breaks it well this is where i would put that storyline with Bret Hart and the Breastplate, because WCW Mayhem 1999 took place in Toronto, where that very thing took place, I think, in 2000 or 99, I can't remember, but Bret Hart maybe, but with that, him wearing the Breastplate underneath something, so when he gets speared, bails out. That's how this streak would break, at least for me, too. Both of those situations, like the DDP one. Either way, it'd be a win-win. So, yeah, I would say that we would go to our final commercial break, but in all honesty, guys, I think that we are just about wrapped up with this episode. It's time for us to do some cheap plugs, and we're going to call it a night. So I definitely do want to give a shout-out, major shout-out to the boys, to our boys, uh, Brady, as well as Pete over at the Movie Men podcast. Because I got a nice little, I got a nice little shout out from them there, as they were talking about the movie. Uh, oh gosh, now I'm trying to remember what the what the movie was that they were. That were oh, The Great Gatsby. That's right. Um, definitely one of those movies that I I need to get a chance to see. I remember I actually uh, was supposed to read the book. It was either in grade school or in high school. I can't remember which one it was, but. Uh, but them basically kind of talking about the story about it. it's like, yeah, I actually do remember this. Because I do remember us having to read it. And I remember actually not doing so well in that class. <laughs> because I was not much of a bookworm. But nowadays, give me a good book. I'll be able to read it. Um, so definitely shout out to those guys there. Ruthless Aggression Pod. We kind of mentioned uh, you know, the whole Goldberg getting the bounty deal on him. Ironically enough, they were talking about Survivor Series of 2003, one of the more interesting Survivor Series shows, but also featuring one of the greatest Survivor Series matches of all time. And unfortunately, no, it was not with uh, John Cena and Matt Bloom. Sorry, guys. Um, Also, those wrestling girls, they have been doing a lot of spotlight showcases. Uh, One of the recent ones they did with Molly Holly. In honesty, just absolutely great. And getting the chance to meet Molly Holly was also just a joy of joys. Next time I just need and next time I need to get a picture with her because she's just great. Um, definitely check out uh, 
Squad TV, grown-ass women, because this past week they had Melina on the show, so definitely enjoy that wonderful quadri- quad quadlings, I think it is, of those four women just being absolutely great. And guys, also check out everybody at Wrestle Attic Radio, Kings of the Rings, Young Lions Perspective, The Delight Show, as well as us here at the Game Changer Podcast. We always like to keep wrestling real, but we also love to keep things positive and for your enjoyment. I will also say this, friends. One of the things that I thought was kind of funny was when the WrestleLatic Radio uh, tw- Twitter posted up the fact that they had the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Young Lions Perspective, the Delight Show, and Team Game Changer. It's like, oh shit, our patent went through. Holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> oh! We're Team Game Changer. Sweet! We got our own brand on the Wrestlatic Radio Network. <laughs> oh, so that'll be like uh, Team Rhodes Scholars. I'm gay, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that, well, it's not the case. I'm Cody. Hey, I, I would love to be the uh, intellectual one because uh, <laughs> I was not a very scholarly student, despite the fact that <laughs> just before recording, my mom texted me and said, Hey, I found your third grade book report. <laughs> your third grade, no, report card from third grade. Oh, and I just reply, oh my God, how bad is that? And it's like, it's actually good. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, third grade, all we had was English, art, and math. Wow. So, well, basic, and, and gym, obviously, but uh, yeah, can you not get a bad grade in gym? <laughs> You just usually gotta yeah, show but, uh, you gotta show up mainly sounds, and just walk funny. around. <laughs> yeah, and uh, cheap uh, plugs my way. Uh, you know what? I I always pull them over, but the Cultaholic, Classic Raw, and SmackDown review mm. on the SmackDown side of things. I think next week, so next Tuesday, they're going to be doing a live watch along of WrestleMania two thousand. I, I always listen to the watch-alongs because, you know, I'm at work, whatever. And on the Raw side of things, they're in 1994. They're just a week away from Survivor Series 94 with Chuck Norris making an appearance, uh, Taker and Yoko in a casket match, and Bob Backlund versus Bret Hart for the title. So, yeah. Uh, Tom Campbell, who is an absolute treasure who must be protected. <laughs> Justin Henry, uh, Matthew Gregg, the the founder of Watchmania. I got I got I always give them a shout. I always give Laser Time and Thirty Twenty Ten a shout. Uh, this week, uh, the Francis Faye Five is going to be something. Uh, hey, as I said, if you want to do a shout out for it, and you have the Anchor app, Anchor app. Anchor.fm slash F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Uh, or you can just send me a DM on Twitter with a video attached to it or an audio, whatever. You'll get included into it. And if you have a topic you want me to cover, that's the way to do it. Uh, the, fit, the No, gosh, not the fave. The, the 20 bell for July, already done. I literally did it, I think, on Canada Day or the day after just to get it under the rug. August, I haven't looked at the movies, but I think Oh Brother, Where Art Bell is one of them. Summerslam 2000, which you and I are reviewing, and I have on the blog, so 
I already have it in the can up here. I don't even need to watch it again, but I'm going to because it's awesome. Uh, other, ooh, what do I have for other plugs? I have, did, 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 I'm just scrolling through my phone. Uh, yeah, the RA Era podcast, the UK Ruthless Pod, who are on their way to Bad Blood and Great American Bash 2004. Ooh. Steve Dangle podcast. If you're a hockey fan, you don't have to be the Leafs fan to like this podcast, but these guys are great. Steve, Adam, and Jesse, great hockey fans. Uh, they're also giant nerds. They love Dragon Ball Z. They love some other stuff. Steve just had a kid, so congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Dangle on mm. on their son. Uh, awesome. Attitude Era, Fourth Wall, uh, Dusty Dave, and DFDC with The Crossroads. We all give them a shout, and I, I again, huge thank you and props to 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 the rant. I know they, I know they're done, but I think that if you're a Patreon member of the of the Five Second Rule Pod, there might be some stuff in the can just to finish off the month, and <sighs> that'll be the swan song. And I'm glad you and I got to have Ant on the show. Yes. Like that, as I said, that was a bucket list, and that that was a really great surprise. Uh, that, shout out to all of that. That was just absolutely so much fun. And that is going to definitely remain in our hearts as one of the special podcasts now. So before we go, you guys, I wanted to take a page out of the Movie Men podcast because one of the things that they like to do is they like to recommend movies at the end for our for the co- for the hosts to watch. Well, for us, I thought it might be kind of cool if we suggested at least a pay-per-view from any from any year, any company, to actually just watch it. So, Mr. Fretz, I'm going to give you a bit of an easy one for next week. Uh, for, well, before we start, well, before we do the recording for the next show, I would like for you to watch the show that started it all for me. So, I would like for you to check out SummerSlam 2004. Hey, that's a Toronto show. It is a Toronto show, which makes it even better. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember that one. I remember them booing the crap out of Edge. Well, if I have to give you a recommendation, I think I gave you this this recommendation before, but watch the the rest of the show of Fully Loaded 2000. You got it. I will watch the entirety of Fully Loaded 2000. And we'll definitely give our thoughts, and we will have more recommendations for next week, you guys, because it's fun to do fun to do reviews, but it's also fun to just enjoy shows and just give our thoughts on it. So, that being said, this has been the Game Changer Podcast. You can check us out on our Twitter handles, at the Legendary JF, as well as at Real Effin Game. Definitely check out everybody at, at Attic underscore Russell for Russell Attic Radio, all the great people that we mentioned, of course. That being the Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as the Young Lions Perspective and the Delight Show from Brother Mance, because he's a very delightful individual, as I do say so myself. Uh, Just finish <laughs> off WCW too. <laughs> Damn it! And definitely check us out on so many different podcasting forums, different podcasting networks, whether it is on Spotify here on Spreaker.com, uh, iTunes, which sadly enough is going away soon because Apple and iTunes are apparently severing ties. Because, Excuse me? 
Well, apparently, free music is better. So definitely. Well, at least <laughs> I my iPhone 11, my brand new iPhone 11, has podcasting app separate from iTunes. Eat a dick, iTunes. <laughs> Fair enough. So, with that being said. I've been Nate the Epic Great. He has been the legendary Mr. Fretzelmania. And we have been the Game Changer Podcast. Guys, keep wrestling real. Stay positive. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And just remember that if you decide to be a dick, just remember that you're next. I'm next? Still trying. Women's formula packed with over 18 premium nutrients and omega 3 fish oil to support a more productive and healthier you. Smarty Pants, because it's the smarter way to healthier.